This is a HeadGum Podcast. While Andrew and Craig believe the joy of discovery is crucial to enjoying any well-told tale, they will not shy away from spoiling specific story beats when necessary. Plus, these are books you should have read by now. Craig, it's late December, and you know what that means. Do you it's know what that means? Christmas time in the city. Yeah, exactly. It means that people of all ages, races, and creeds can get together and have the empty spectacle of Christmas shoved down their throats. <laughs> well, it also means that people of all races, stripes, racing stripes, all people, people of all racing stripes. <laughs> Can listen to Bob Dylan's Christmas in the Heart. An Christmas album in the Heart by Bob Dylan, released 2009, everyone. available on Spotify and I assume other music streaming services. Craig and I were first exposed to this Christmas album, like what, like a week and a half ago like or a something? A week and a half ago. And for years, I've believed that the Charlie Brown Christmas soundtrack is the only <laughs> Christmas album that anybody needs, but I have revised that opinion. It's amazing. The like the have yourself a merry little Christmas like starts out mis- like mischievous. Like he's like have yourself have a merry little Christmas. And then it sounds like, like a Muppet he, version of Bob Dylan doing a Christmas album. And also, the, oh, oh come on, you yeah. faithful. He sings in Latin for the first part, so that's cool. It sound he sounds like he's ordering food in a foreign country. <laughs> Oh, he's so, so good. He's so talented. I'm so glad he won a, Pulit- a Nobel Prize. He, he should won. win the Nobel Prize for Christmas. That's a that's the newest Nobel Prize. It's the newest no- the Noel Prize. <laughs> Welcome to Overdue. This is a podcast about the books that you've been meaning to read. My name is Craig. My name is Andrew. And this is our last episode ever. <laughs> no, it's our last episode. <laughs> it might be. I don't know. Uh, before the American holiday of Christmas, the worldwide yeah, Christmas is not American. <laughs> I'm giving you sarcasm for Christmas, Andrew. Um, mm-hmm. It's the holiday season, and here we are, and we're gonna talk about a holiday book, which we do sometimes around the holidays. We don't do it every week, but this this book we've done is... it like I think consistently every year. I think we've read some kind of holiday related book, and that's what this is. It's that's holiday is. adjacent. Oh, it's definitely holiday adjacent. So, Andrew, you <laughs> you found this book. You requested a book like this. I was listen. I was doing a search for Christmas books. And oh, is that like this, the only words you use? Like this month, this month we had decided we wanted to read all books by like women and people of color and like, mm-hmm. you know, the people who are going to have it the worst in Donald Trump's America. And so I went looking for Christmas books by by women and people of color. And I like there are a lot of Goodreads lists 
it's oh, hard sure. to find ones. It's hard to find like holiday specific books that like from any particular demographic author wise. But Goodreads had a list of like sexy Christmas books. Oh, that and that just distracted you and sent you somewhere else. And yeah, and I saw that and I was like, hmm, what if we could do two things at once? <laughs> Which is honor our holiday obligations and honor our sexy obligations. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this this year we read under our, this year we found uh, was it called Stealing Christmas by Alexa Riley in our stockings. Now, Andrew, before we proceed... It's very sexy, and I feel like we probably should just... This is going to get the explicit tag, I right? was just like, going to ask, we did not conference about this beforehand. I just had assumed that. <laughs> but I feel like we are going to curse a bit. We're also going to be talking about some graphic sexual encounters. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, if be careful, because it's going to get sexy in here. <laughs> if you saw the title Stealing Christmas and thought that you were in for like some jingle all the way. Or like, like a Grinch kind of scenario. Like this is not the way that the Grinch stole Christmas. Please direct your child's ears away from this podcast. And It'd be you- like, what if the Grinch stole Christmas and then he like had sex with everybody? Yeah. What if he just, like, fucked a bunch of presents? <laughs> His cock grew three sizes that oh, day. Oh, no. You beat me to it. I was just going <laughs> to, like, I was laughing. And then when I was done laughing, I was going to get up in there. Um, so let's talk about Alexa Riley, because we did some author research. Yeah. Um, as you alluded last week at the end of, uh, end of last week's episode, um, Alexa Riley is actually two people. Um, I don't know their last names. Melissa K. and Leah R., Correct. That's what I learned about them. Um, and they are they are two sassy friends who got together and wrote some dirty books. They're both married moms of two who love football, donuts, and obsessed book heroes. Um, and this this is all from their website, AlexaRiley.com. Um, they specialize in insta-love, over-the-top, sweet and cheesy love stories that don't take all year to read. If you want something safe, short, and always with a happily ever after, then Alexa Riley is for you. And the subtitle on their website is quick, dirty, and over the top. And the and is in cursive and italics. <laughs> That's okay. That's a very enthusiastic and. It's like all the um, things. It's my understanding that they were both book bloggers with like a focus on romance and sexy time books that met through or on a website called SM Book Obsessions, cool. which has been consigned to the archives of the internet. Of the internet wayback um, machine. Yeah, I tried to navigate the archive of it and it almost posted about sex books on my Facebook, so I had to <laughs> get out of there. Before uh, you hit so, a button that you don't want to hit. Oh, oh, it navigated to Facebook. I was very nervous. Um but suffice to po- say, that- posting as overdue. <laughs> oh God! Um, I found a, a Huffington Post interview where they were talking about like how they got into writing and writing dirt, you know, sex stories in particular. Uh, they answered this interview as Alexa and Riley. Um, not as their original name. So uh, Alexa said, I've always written dirty stories. Even before I could really find good romance, I would try to write my own. I was one of those women who read Twilight 17 times and got angry every time I got to the part where he pulled her into deeper water. Then it stopped. I remember being so upset that there wasn't a sex scene that I took to my computer to write one out. 
uh, and then Riley says, it started as a joke. I wanted a certain type of book that hit all the things I love. And I said to Alexa, we could do that just short and quick. And we did it. Then we did it again and again and again and again. And here we are. So that latter point gets to, they are very prolific. They're very prolific. And actually, they they have focused exclusively on short stories. Their, act, their first full-length novel is called Everything for Her. And it's actually coming out on December 27th. So, like, they have... Up until like literally right now, they have never not written a short story. Yeah. And if you go to the website and you go through the different series, is like there are a lot of one shots and stuff. I think this is a one shot, but I'm I'm not sure. But like there's like uh there's the forced submission series, which includes titles like Taking What's Mine, Taking What's Ours, Taking What's Hers, Taking What's His, Taking What's <laughs> Wicked, which is Halloween themed. <laughs> Okay. And um, Taking What's Naughty, which I don't, like, it has snow on the cover, so maybe it's also... Like naughty and nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, There's a series called Cowboys and Virgins, um, which just has, most of these have pictures of very sexy cowboys on them. I I think the word branded is used. Branding the Virgin, Roping the Virgin, the Wanted Virgin, and the Virgin Cowboy. Okay. And so... It seems like what they that what they really want to do, and I do actually kind of respect this a lot, is they want people who are like let's let's be upfront and just say that these books are written to be like exactly as long as you would need to like masturbate once or twice. <laughs> yeah, I do, think, is that fair? I I think it's. <laughs> I think it's fair. I think that is a fair assessment. If you okay. are someone, if you are someone who is into masturbating to books, you probably have enough time for one or two mm-hmm. in, in these stories. Yes, and they are like they are pretty upfront. Like, here is what you are gonna get out of this specific book, which mm-hmm. is which is fine. Like, that's cool. Um, and something that's actually kind of neat is like in this book. So the main character's name is Christmas Winters, which we will talk about more in a bit. Uh-huh. And um, she's like she's a plus size woman or like a heavier woman. I don't know like what the good way to say that is. But like the book like comes out and says at one point like she's what some people would call a, a big girl or something. Yeah. Christmas is what some might call a big girl with her generous curves and ample chest. Um, blah blah blah. So well, they, it the seems de- like they the represent de- like a lot of different body types and stuff like that that you might not always see. Yeah, there's even a dedication. Like the dedication at the top of the book says to every woman in every to every woman in every shape. There are enough reasons in the world to divide us. Let it not be the size of the woman standing next to you. And then the story, like it is kind of incidental, other than the fact that it is like. She her body is attractive to Nicholas Light, who we'll talk about. But it, it <laughs> That's is the male love interest. It is not a story about her dealing with her weight in any way. It is not a story about that. It is just like here's a woman. She's it comes sexy. up like Let's very matter of factly a couple times, and other than that, it's just people going to town on each other. <laughs> <laughs> now the the thing in their bio that uh, jives with another quote of theirs that I found. And and generally what this book is, is they say they specialize in insta-love, which is like, the, since they're writing these short stories, like characters who meet each other need to fall in love real fast. 
And they and su- based on this book, they super do. Su- they super do. Uh, in a Pop Kitty interview, they gave uh, one of the things they said that they would never write about because they embrace writing about taboo. They've at least blogged about like daddy stories and other genres of fiction that I am not familiar with. Um, I don't want. Yep. Um, but I don't. They, I don't know enough to say anything, and so I won't. But uh, they said I would never write a a hero or heroine who cheated. That's always my hard and fast rule. There's never another person once they lay eyes on each other, um, which is just like. The conflict in this story is minimal, and I imagine it's that's a similar case in some of the in a lot of the other stories. Yeah, there's like, there's there's very little friction. Well, except for <laughs> except for, for the, the necessary friction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you want to just get into this? Thing? I kind of just do. I feel like we should in. preface this with like we're going to respond. I think a lot of the ways we're going to respond to this book are sort of like juxtaposing it with the 50 shades books that we read because those do like so so many things so woefully poorly yeah Um, that was like episode 50 episode 100 episode 150 like people like regularly tweet at us and say that they like those episodes so like if you haven't listened go back and listen to them anyway because like you can really hear us working through like first getting over just being immature wieners when it comes to talking about (laughs) sex good word choice yeah and then like just espousing a view that two consenting adults can do pretty much whatever they want to with each other like as long as as long as they're both into it and safe like go for it yeah oh yeah i what you sound like you want to follow that up i have some objections to what feels like cool and safe in this book not from a not in a sexual way but in a like relationship building i I think i know what you're talking about and i and i do i want to talk about it when it comes up so like do you why don't you set out the bare minimum kind of plot exposition stuff that sets the story up and then we'll talk about what happens and and our favorite quotes and how it made us feel okay other than aroused (laughs) extremely aroused the book opens chapter one there's like a little mistletoe image or something uh that says <laughs> christmas on it and that's how we know that it's from christmas's point of view yeah it's point of view chapter so you got you got christmas christmas winters and then you got nicholas light and nicholas light jumps back and forth between the two and she is at the mall which is where she works and she's like buying a santa hat cookie she does love christmas it's her favorite holiday mm-hmm. and then she's given out presents to the people who work with her at the mall like she's giving like a little rolling pin ornament to the woman at the cookie store and she does comment that every year she gives like the same riff on a gift to everyone which is kind of smart like that's kind of a good move Mm -hmm. so you don't have to think of like this is the year i gave everyone teacups this is the year i gave everyone thimbles like just pick a thing you just pick yeah okay and and it's better than the like reverse of that where you always get one person a riff on the same thing. Mm-hmm. So 
which is where you get into like ants gift giving territory where they knew that you liked penguins 800 years ago and so they always are still getting you penguins. Yeah, things. I feel like I'm a little guilty that I've been giving my mom like nice uh towels, like kitchen towels for the past couple of years, but does she finding... use them though. Yeah, she does. She puts them out. So and are you you're sure she doesn't just do that cuz she knows you're coming over? That that might be possible. Okay. Buy the buy the I tortilla chips. Buy the tortilla chips, set out the dinner t- the dinner towels that Craig bought me. Craig's coming over. <laughs> Craig's um, coming to town. So Craig's she- coming <laughs> to town. So she loves Christmas. She we get uh, a little bit of information that uh Christmas is oh this is going to be tough. Christmas the woman is <laughs> Uh, is she's young? We find out a chapter a few or two later that she is not of drinking age. So I think she's, she's less like, than twenty-one, but presumably more than of, eighteen of legal consenting age. Yeah. Um, she mentions that this is the time of year when she misses her mom the most because she died. Like what? She died of cancer like two like years, two couple years, years ago. It was just the two of them. Um, and she loves. She's gonna. She's worried about like going home to her empty apartment on Christmas because not even the mall's open. She loves working at the mall, Andrew, because she's in charge of decorations. Yeah, it makes her happy to like decorate and to make other people happy, which is good. That's fine, right? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that's pretty good. Um, and sh- the opening incident here is that her. <laughs> I think it's Krista is her coworker, or somebody her boss. Yeah, yeah. And this is this is like checkpoint the first yeah she uh, her co-worker gets an email that specifically requests christmas's presents not God christmas presents christmas's a- presents <laughs> at a, at the party uh-uh. at the holiday party that nicholas light is throwing and nick it's at nicholas light's mansion i made this note uh she's curious I've only heard rumors about him. He owns everything, or so they say. I know for a fact he owns this mall, and I'm sure a dozen others. So he's like a mall Bruce Wayne. He's a mall baron. <laughs> and and the rumor that's going around is that he might be shutting the mall down. Ooh. So Christmas is like, oh, man. He wants me to go there. He wants me to wear this elf costume I've been wearing all day. <laughs> And he might be shutting the mall down, and I love the mall and all the people in it. So my job is to go to this party and to make sure he doesn't. Close well, and, the and mall. does her boss not ask her to ask him not to shut the mall down? He, I don't think he. I'm asks. pretty sure she does. Well, he's not her boss. He owns the mall. No, no, no. I mean the the person who tells Christmas to go to Doctor Light's mansion in the first place. Oh yes, she's like, like, oh yeah. Who like relays this message is like, uh, maybe you could ask him not to shut them all down. Yeah, he's like, and you so could do this. Here's here. I have some problems with the way that things are presented in this book. Oh, no, I do think, you? I think there's a reason why everything's presented the way it is, but like for this one, I don't really know if I have like a mitigating factor. Is like basically her boss is like pimping her out, right? Well, no, but her boss got an email. That said, Christmas should come to my house dressed as an elf. Uh huh. And he's gonna close the mall anyway. But isn't like isn't there like money promised in exchange for her coming to this party dressed as an elf? She's gonna get paid her normal hourly wage, I think, because she's on duty. 
it just seems an awful lot like it seems very transactional. <laughs> well, she says, I feel like Go. I'm sending a lamb to a tiger. Like she's like, he's going to devour you, which he does. It's just very. <laughs> yeah, he literally does. It's I don't know. It's it made me feel a little weird. Oh, it's totally weird. And not in like a horny kind of way, but, <laughs> okay, like, a, good. but like a non-horny kind of weird. So then ju- smash cut to uh, Maul Baron's ca- castle house outside mm-hmm. of the unnamed city. Mm-hmm. And he hates parties and he's locked himself in his room. He hates parties and he doesn't have any friends. And <laughs> uh huh. he basically could have been frozen in carbonite up until like just the day before this party has to happen yeah and like so that's is, the extent of his interaction with other human beings it is christmas eve just so we all know that um we get a little bit of background on him and he's just like i don't know he's not talking he's talking to the reader there's mm-hmm. there is a lot of telling not showing in this short story um not when it comes to the sex but the character's just kind of like monologue about their backstory to the reader so a little bit and it's that's in service of it being you know quick and like get this boring talking stuff out of the way but he's like he's the same type as christian gray basically like so rich that he never has to worry about money and also that he's isolated yeah and also he's just like a big a large attractive man and he develops an obsession with with a particular woman and just needs to have her. Yeah. So his mom died in childbirth. His dad raised him. Then his dad died and gave him the 30 malls that he owns. <laughs> and also told him, you need to produce an heir. So I, I this is what he says. The only thing missing is an heir, a child to whom I can pass on my legacy, someone to create the future of Light Corporation. I've made enough money to last a hundred lifetimes, but it means nothing if when I die, the Light Legacy dies with me. I'll never forget. <laughs> <A> proud <laughs> legacy of malls. I'll never forget my father's <laughs> words when I held his, head, his hand on his deathbed. He told me that I have to have a child to carry on our name, and without it, it was all for nothing. Just shining malls from coast to coast. So... I it's implied, I think, that he has other stuff than malls, but he does also own a lot of malls. <laughs> and this one, now this one is the, I think, his flagship mall because he was checking the tapes of the Mall of Light. You know, yeah, the Mall of Light, the Heavenly Mall of Light, the Heavenly Mall of Light, and he saw on the tape Christmas decorating for christmas Mm -hmm. and he was struck by her beauty and he almost laughed out loud when he heard that her name was christmas winter um me same (laughs) (laughs) but this is then this is what happens to him andrew i'd never heard her speak a word and yet i knew she was kind i'd never felt her touch yet i knew she was tender and sweet i'd never kissed her lips yet i knew that she was the one that she was going to be the mother of my heirs and the wife at my side i knew all of that and so i created this party and made sure she would be here so this is where you get into the insta love insta love like insta like don't even worry about it it's a foregone conclusion at one point, he does toast. He goes out to the party. She's like arrived oh in her getup. So, yeah, and this is like this is why this character is named Christmas is so they can do a million billion of these <laughs> little wordplay interchanges. Tell but, me about his toast, Andrew. 
You he t- toasts I, to the I crowd. have another one. You oh, okay. have, you'd say the toast, and then I'll say the other one. So he, like, steps out, and he, like, can see her in the crowd, and he's locked eyes with her. But he raises his champagne flute, and he says, A toast to the single most important thing to me from this day forward to Christmas. And then he literally <laughs> says later... To Christmas, they have no idea how powerful the words are as I stare at the woman who just became mine. So, like, he's got an ownership thing going on. He's got an ownership thing. And I think, like, so maybe we talked about this a little bit with Fifty Shades. Maybe we didn't. But, like, so when you get into, like, erotic literature or even when you're getting into, like, like, having sex with somebody else, like, so everybody has their has stuff. All God's children have kinks, and and on the sixth day, God and got on the sixth kinky. day, God created kinks. dirty birds. <laughs> <laughs> so, so all God's children are dirty birds, and there's a th- like you want to. Sometimes people like get off on being like quote-unquote forced to do things or like sure. people just like taking stuff without asking for it but also like there has to be trust and like implied consent there for that to be like hot and not like somebody comes in through your window and like tries to do stuff with you that's terrible and a crime but if like somebody who you've been in a relationship for a long time like comes in and like does that stuff it's cool and totally cool Mm-hmm. So like these, I think these books are trying to create like a safe space to feel unsafe. Sure, yeah. If that okay. if that sort of unsafeness is like part of it for you, does that make sense? Yeah, I think it makes sense. And then part of the like the majority of the conflict in the Fifty Shades books is like how how do they identify upon how do they identify the agreed upon unsafeness like mm-hmm. how do they articulate that to each other and and the difficulties therein but we're we're not even at the sex yet oh i have Andrew. another christmas thing though okay <laughs> they're in the room and she's talking about the decorations in the house okay so this is wait 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 so this is after he has oh yeah why don't you you do this and then i'll yeah, yeah. i'll get to it so she gets to the party and these old these old guys start hitting on her and then uh, Nicholas Light like rides in on a white horse. It's metaphorical, and he <laughs> uh, like comes up and saves this saves her from this dude who's trying to kiss her, and he basically like fires him in his mind. Like that guy's gonna lose his job, <laughs> and he like he steals her back to his office. But along the way, we get this is this is where the book first gets like really sexual. And he's like asking if she's okay, and this is where you you put the you pulled the big girl quote from, mm-hmm. and then he just is like trying to take her back to his office, and he just goes, uh, "I'm resisting thinking about how soft it would feel if I rub my face there between her pillowy breasts. My cock aches for attention, but I yeah, ignore it." See, like the book has been kind of like mild and vanilla up to here, and then all of a sudden he starts talking about like his cock, like Nicholas. Felt- Nicholas's chapter, if God made all of us dirty birds, Nicholas is way more of a dirty bird than Christmas is. Well, she's like part of her thing is that she's like all innocent. Well, she is a little virgin. And that's like part of it. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, she is literally a virgin. But like, so they, I don't they're know. in his office. They're in they're his in office. His, they're in his office, and they're talking about the decorations, and he's like downplaying them, and sh- and she says, "It's so beautiful." I counter, and and then Nicholas says, "I'm starting to find a lot of things about Christmas beautiful." And I drop my eyes from his, trying to hide my ever deepening blush. I don't know how he's doing that so easily. When he says Christmas, it feels like he's talking about me and not the holiday. And wait. That's never happened before. <laughs> she Your says, name is like, Christmas. Like a throwaway thing later that like most of her friends call her Chris because it's kind of weird that her name is Chris. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she's so taken aback by that moment that she just blurts out, are you going to close the mall? Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there are two like micro conflicts in the book. And the yeah. one is like, is he going to close the mall? And so she says, are you going to close the mall? He's like, if you don't want me to, like, I won't. And cool. that's the that, like, conflict resolved. <laughs> and then the second one is that she, like, creeps into his room and, like, looks at him while he's asleep and puts her hand on his chest. And then he, like, grabs her and comes, starts kissing her. And then he lets her go. And he's like, oh, I didn't know it was you. And she, like, runs away because she's like, oh, no, I, I've misread, I've profoundly misread some signals here. Somehow. Yeah, and that's like even a, though this stranger has like invited me into his house and like is making a bunch of double entendres. Well, Andrew, I do... and then it was just like the and then the conflict is resolved when it turns out that like he was kissing a dream her and he <laughs> didn't know that it was real her, uh-huh. which this doesn't is, even make that much sense. This but, yeah. is after he has basically told her that she's spending the night, mm-hmm. and then she's like, okay. Um, but we gotta make sure all these people have a good time. So he, she, like drags him back out in the party. She's really good at parties. Yeah, and she's talking a life to of the people. party, and she's good with kids. Yeah, and like he's the only like, kid that's there, she's really good with him. And and he's like, oh man, I really just wanted to bang down and have an air, but now like this woman's down. great. Like I wanna, I wanna love her mm-hmm. for real. Mm-hmm. So he's like, "Hey, I got a room ready for you. There's an ensuite. Go live in it." <laughs> and <laughs> and then he takes a shower, and I don't, I yeah. I have to say, <laughs> I did read Portnoy's complaint, and there's a lot of talk about dicks and shit in that book, but I don't think I've read a sexy book that actually has. A scene where one of the characters just beats off because well, he is... needs to get his rocks off. So he's like, because I don't, because he he isn't gonna do any anything without her consent. And True. we do check in with her pretty regularly. Like even though he's like, oh, I invited you to this party and I've been watching you this whole time. And also, can you stay in my house? You he live says here now. That. He like... shows her his his goddamn like Doctor Claw lair where he's been watching her, <laughs> right. and she's like. But wait, and so she's you're like, like oh, into me? Okay. I kind of right, like cool. it. But yeah, it's it's clear that she's like into whatever's happening, however improbable that is. Like that's yes. not the point of the book is yeah. It's not so, like a commentary on the surveillance state or anything like that. No, it's just so, a book where people fuck each other. He bids her good night and then he goes and takes a shower and he it, he p- thinks about her pebbled nipples. Which I mm-hmm. think I don't think that means like they've been like pelted with pebbles. I don't. No, think. no, 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 no. Have um, you seen a nipple? Like it's pretty clear. No, I understand. And okay. then 
he do you need me to draw you a fucking picture or something this podcasts are a visual medium and then <laughs> he imagines the water in her bath quote tickling her secrets tickling her secrets <laughs> and then and then he beats one and it's pretty graphic it's like, like i'm not gonna read it all but i he, do i mean the basic the the short version is that he like comes buckets into the drain <laughs> There's a language that belongs in the novel Moby Dick in this paragraph. <laughs> uh, he does, and this is a this is a I thing feel that like Alexa... you need to read it now, though. Like... Okay, uh, I'll read the whole paragraph. You want me to read it? Yeah, absolutely. I brace my. I'm gonna read it like a robot, though, so I feel less. I feel more read it like Bob Dylan would read it. <laughs> I brace my free hand on the stone wall in front of me as I grunt and thrust into my fist. My orgasm bears down on me, and I grit my teeth as I, as my gum shoots from <laughs> and splashes into the cold stone. Long fits. Thick jets of it stream out as I whisper her name. And then there's a page turn, and he just says in italics, Christmas. <laughs> what? Listen, I, okay, so like half the laughing I just did was because of the Bob Dylan thing. <laughs> sure. And the other, like, Forty like forty nine percent of the rest of it is because I'm immature, but it's also I think some of it is the what Alexa Riley does like say in their mission yeah statement, over the which top is to be over the top. Um, it's very silly. The orgasm bears down, and then like later, there's more bearing down that happens. That seems that's kind of scary to me, but mm-hmm. it's far for the course. Um, he goes and like watches her sleep a little bit, which could have gone bad, but doesn't. Not and bad. then the thing where she wakes him up happens, and he thought he was kissing a dream her, and oh boy. Oh boy, but um, then that conflict gets resolved like almost instantaneously. Yeah. Um, she, and she, <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot the third micro-conflict. So micro-conflict, yes. She goes down and is like, oh, French toast casserole. I make that on Christmas all the time. Maybe I'll just make that. It's Christmas morning, everyone. It is Christmas morning, and Christmas is in the kitchen Uh on Christmas. Uh huh. (laughs) And she's making French toast casserole, and some like, like, skinny brunette, like who's very attractive, like pulls up. Courtney, 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 right? Courtney, and Courtney comes in and is like trying to flirt with Nick. And Nick is like, "No thanks." You're, and she's she's the daughter of some like business associate. And they've been trying to like get to like the business associate has been trying to get him to marry his daughter. Yeah, it's and like he's some like fiefdom and he's nonsense. like no. And then <laughs> he and Christmas start making out, and she like just I guess just leaves when they're making out. Like he never. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Like uh, Christmas doesn't answer Courtney directly. She just decides that they need to eat breakfast now. Mm-hmm. And they start making out, and it's just somewhere in the distance. I hear the front door slam, but I pay no attention. Yeah, and then and then his desire is bearing down on him, and they're making out on the butcher block or whatever it is. 
and then the is bacon it on the island yeah i think he said he wanted to fuck her on the island yeah <laughs> and then the bacon's on fire so they have to stop oh yeah they have to stop and he takes the bacon out but then they do they do bone bone they bone well okay a couple things happen okay and this is where it, so he takes her back to the office and this is actually where he shows her that he watches her right and, sh- and here is the thing that i don't Here's his logic that I legitimately am like, dude, you're an idiot. <laughs> he he says, I don't want you at the mall. Oh, because oh, because he's like, oh, I watch you, and she's like, I don't understand. Uh, you we were talking about closing the mall. Like, why would you close it if you're like a creepo and like watching me from the mall cameras? And he goes, I don't want you at the mall. I want you here. I figure if the mall is closed, you need a new job, and I was going to give you one here with me. Wait, what? Dude, you're going to put hundreds of people out of work <laughs> and close, like, the Dick Sporting Goods and the, like, and the Jason Pennies and, yeah, all the anchor stores. And the, the, the Babbage's and, and whatever. The Hot Topic. And the food court, just mm-hmm. so that this girl that you saw on a camera has to get a job as your wife like what are you talking about don't yeah i mean and and because she doesn't want him to close them all of course he's not going to close it but, but he did he was considering closing it he could just like headhunt her and just like offer her a different yeah, job yeah just like offer her another job like come and like make me casserole and suck my dick and i'll pay you like <laughs> That's terrible i'll pay you like $95,000 a year <laughs> so they resolve it somehow like she's into him watching her they they're whatever i'm trying to remember like what exactly leads up into them having sex and i don't think there is anything in particular oh no andrew there is and then they have sex so he first he devours her he goes down on her he goes down on her he Mm -hmm. he 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 does things for her pleasure Mm mm-hmm and yes, right I mean, at Christmas, the Christmas, no, no, nope. I was gonna say Christmas pudding. That's gross. <laughs> <No. Whoops. laughs> Bring us some piggy pudding now. Bring us some piggy pudding. Um, it and then after he's a successful sexual steward, um. He slips a ring on her finger. Oh, okay. Yeah. And they still haven't had actual sex yet. They haven't had actual sex. Yeah. And this is, again, this is like quick, over-the-top Alexa Riley. They met, I think, 16 hours ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And he says he loves her and he wants her to be like his wife and make kids with him. And she's like, I've never had a boyfriend before, but I think I'm into it. Mm-hmm. And so like they're gonna have sex and she and, and he asks her like are you owing anything meaning birth control that's true and she says she says no and he's like should i get a condom and she's like no get me pregnant <laughs> <laughs> right now uh-huh and then they have sex and there's a uh, description of the the whole hymen thing happening because yeah because she's never had sex before it's a good like two pages of sex mm-hmm. we don't it's a good two pages of sex it's a good two pages they do really go to town on each other they really do and then they say i love you mm-hmm. 
They're and then clearly doing this in the right order. <laughs> and she says, did I ever how many tell times you... Have, how many times have you heard this story? Boy boy sees girl on surveillance cameras. <laughs> Classic. Girl comes to boy's palatial estate. Dressed as an boy, elf. Boy slips ring on girl's finger and then gets her pregnant. And then they say, they I love you. Say, I love you. <laughs> so she, then she that says. That old chestnut. That old, I see that on a Hallmark channel every week. Um. She says, did I ever tell you Christmas was my favorite holiday? And he says, brace yourself, baby. Every day is going to be Christmas now that I've stolen you. And then she says, you can't really steal what's willing to come along. And he says, it makes a better story if it sounds like I kidnapped you. <laughs> For what? I guess. Like, is that does that mean he's going to tell people? Like when they when people ask how they met, he's going to be like, yeah, I abducted her from a mall. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> And then, Andrew, we get two epilogues. Two epilogues. One from her perspective two years after, and then the, one from his perspective ten years after. Let me. What notes did I write down for this epilogue? Let me see. Uh, two years later, they have a child named Noel, and he's like, let's do it. And she's like, I'm pregnant. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, I, like, that's the present that she got him for Christmas. Yes. Is that she's pregnant again. Uh, then jump cut 10 years later mm-hmm. from his perspective mm-hmm. they have an annual christmas party now where everyone has a great time and she entertains everybody and everybody loves it and it's great and then he takes her to his office and they bang yeah to like commemorate because that was the same office where they had that first conversation it's yeah it's their 10 year anniversary or whatever mm-hmm. Bang, 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 bang. The end. Bang. <laughs> bang, zoom. Like an old Western shootout. Straight to the moon. <laughs> so we caught, we've, we had our fun so far. Andrew. We've laughed our way through this. But I think the, the, the stuff we've also brought up about, like, the, the role that erotic literature like this plays and like i don't know the the safe unsafeness and i don't know like what else what else did you want to talk about i yeah i so i objected to the mall closure strategy i also feel like the the preposterous nature of the are you on anything no should we use a condom no i want to make you pregnant okay that sounds good (laughs) like no, it's not. Though she says that she wants to get pregnant. Well, he says it first, though. Does he? Yeah, he totally does. Well, I mean, he said he says something about like wanting her to have his babies, and then she's like, "No, don't get a condom. Let's get pregnant." Right? I think, like she makes the final call on that. I thought. I think she says, "No, do you want me to use a condom?" This is important that we fact check this right now. Yeah. Because it does change that moment. <laughs> uh, I'm looking. Yikes. Um, I got it. Okay. He says, are you on anything? She says, no. Do you want to use a condom? I let out a dark laugh and shake okay. my head. I want to take you bare, baby. I want to feel your slick sweetness all over me. We could get pregnant. She smiles at me when she says it, and I can see a little light in her eyes. If you want a baby, I'll give you a baby. 
And then it proceeds from there. Yeah. Okay. So it it's in um, between. What, I, I won't pull out and we'll see how many times it takes to give you what you want. Yowza. And uh, yeah. So uh, I. Yeah. So I, it's like there there's there's preposterous consent there. But there yes. is consent there. There There's an element to this that is like. And I messaged you this a couple times over the past week. Like this is just porn. Like, yeah, I think Fifty Shades thought it wasn't porn sometimes. Sometimes. Fifty Shades was just like this. And then you like hit control A, control C, control V, 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 V. And you paste it a million times because it's like, okay, bare minimum exposition, whatever. Sex scene. Repeat ad infinitum but do you remember how bad the third book was because there wasn't enough sex i do remember that because they were like oh we've got two books of shadily colored in plot to deal even with. the second one didn't like the sex stuff wasn't as good as in the first one and like i'd say good I, that's not the Andrew, word that what i mean, has but you happened know what I mean. Us? <laughs> we're connoisseurs now <laughs> is what i do feel like if we had not journeyed through through those three books um we would be behaving very differently on this episode like we've had a good laugh at a lot of the stuff in this book but i feel like we'd actually be ragging on it more. no i'm not trying like i and i don't want think to be clear be. like my laughter is not in the spirit of ragging on this at all like i totally 100 percent understand the value of what alexa riley does like their whole body of work i 100 percent get it i'm 100 percent here for it but that doesn't mean like I won't pull out and we'll see how many times it takes to give you what you want. It doesn't make that not sort of silly and funny. Yeah, it doesn't make... Like, taken out of context. It doesn't make, goddamn, I bet she tastes like cinnamon down there, too, not kind of funny. And then you revisit that later, and apparently she does. And honey. So I don't know if it's a thing like, you know, how, like, flamingos eat a lot of shrimp and then they're pink. So, like, she eats a lot of gingerbread cookies and she tastes like cinnamon. I need you to shut up. I don't know. (laughs) Like, I don't know if that's how that works. I don't. Nobody tell us one way or the other. I don't, I don't know, know much about, uh, what's the word for food that makes you sexy? Like oysters and stuff. Aphrodisiacs, like green yeah. M&Ms? I don't, are this, is that real? <laughs> no, that, it's not real, but it's an urban legend. Oh, is, oh, I was going to say, is that why they made the green M&M the sexy? Is that one? why she's the one that everyone wants to fuck? No, yeah. I don't know. Okay. But- <laughs> uh are there like Christmas aphrodisiacs? Could, like mistletoe, obviously, but like could there be? Like could is this a market that you and I could corner? Like who's gets hurt gets turned on by Nog? Mm-hmm. Who? I don't know. <laughs> Everyone should. What does presents have a smell? Does the sound of wrapping paper get you going? What about like the sound of a Salvation Army bell ringer. Oh, that's a particular rhythm, too. That could be helpful. Mm-hmm. That could be very helpful. Mm-hmm. Mold wine? <laughs> so there is a rumor. The Southland Mall in Marion, Ohio, there's Uh-oh. a rumor that it was run by the mob. And I don't think... <laughs> Was it a sexy I d- mob? I don't think that there's any truth to that, but but Nicholas Light's like status as a, a mall baron 
made me wonder about like the kinds of people who own malls. And I guess I've never like I haven't really given it that much thought. Yeah, I at this point I feel like it's like German food conglomerates own malls, but I guess I don't know if that's true. Well, then there have been a bunch of really good pieces recently about like about the death of the suburban yep. sort of mall and mm-hmm. like ghost malls and like the process of like anchor stores going out. Like there have been a bunch of really great articles about that written in the last couple of years. And I think I feel like on like the East Coast and in major cities to like the the your Jersey malls and maybe the King of Prussia mall and like Mall of America, like those are still sort of surviving just by like the sheer number of people there are around to shop at them. Yep. But stuff like the like the strip mall and the and the suburban mall and like a, a mall that would sustain a town or like that a town would sustain is sort of falling out of vogue. Like Amazon I think, Amazon has killed a lot of malls. Yeah. So I think like this like to go back to the Southland Mall, it's still a thing. Sure. But I think there are parts of it that are just like roped off at this point. It's mostly the movie theater and a couple stores, but like, yeah, even like that was uh, Southland Mall was like, it was a hub of of teen activity in two thousand three. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'll tell uh, you what. Yeah, there is a so there is a mall outside the city. I think it's in the Chester area up uh, where we are. And I did a sh- I directed a show that was performing in outdoor parks over the over a summer. And oh, I remember that you were miserable. <laughs> well, I did a couple of those shows where I was miserable because I was working on production. The one I directed was fine because I didn't have to go like I didn't have to schlep around. Oh, okay. um, that year they booked it in. One of the performances was in a dying mall. That was like the guy running the mall was like, whatever. We just gotta get people in this mall towards that orange Julius. <laughs> like hire three yahoos making fun of Shakespeare. Let's go. They'll perform by the elevator. <laughs> They did it in front of a giant glass elevator. It was a packed house, so I bet. And then everybody went to Cinnabon after. That's, that's true. <laughs> this is a silly book. It's a silly book, but it's what I needed. You know, like I needed some smut. Need some I good old fashioned smut. smut, where they're just like talking about sperm. The sperm is all over the place in this book. Like literally, it's in the shower. It's in, it's gets everywhere. He's an attentive lover. He is, which good for him. I mean, some kinds of attentiveness, like you know, uh, comprehensive surveillance he, of yes. your of he's your mall. Like something's bad. Every, he's watched her from every angle, so he knows what she needs. It's not yeah. creepy at all. Mm-hmm. God. Jeez. Uh, so stealing Christmas. Yeah, Christmas got stolen. It done got stolen, and Alexa Riley stole our hearts. So yeah, find if you just if you need a little something this holiday season, AlexaRiley.com. They got a bunch of different selections on the page right now. They've got no fewer than two books where muscly men with a lot of tattoos are like sweeping their hair back and like look and like looking very serious and sexy so just go check it out and see if there's anything there for your tastes whatever i think i think you'll like what you find uh if you uh think that we have uh 
I don't know what you think. If you have opinions about this book. If you or, think we've done this book a disservice. Or should have done it more service. Like if you want. Wait. Mm-hmm. I'm just. You fell into my trap. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> go on the social medias. It's facebook.com slash overdue pod or twitter.com slash overdue pod. Uh, a lot of people have reached out to us in the past week. Uh, that includes Melissa, Megan, Kayla, Catherine, Lindsay, Mary-Kate, Christina, B. Connor, Lucas, Emmett, That Podcast Girl, Sean, Charlotte, CT and KW, Buyer's Recourse, Kara, Yerba Suena, Liz, Lindsay, Starfish Chick, Sarah, Amy, Graham, Tysophine, Marcy, Jess, Matey, Ariel Stein, Windmill Slayer, Mr. Fithic, Rebecca, Rob, Albi, Heather, Cheyenne, Cheyenne, excuse me, Natalia, Nicole, Melissa, Leslie, Melody, and Dion. Um, you could also send us an email at overduepod at gmail.com. We're slowly catching up on those. Thanks, everybody, for writing in. Do you think Ariel Stein is a play on R.L. Stein, or is it just somebody's name? Because oh, if it's a play on R.L. Stein, like, well done. I don't know. That's Reader beware. Pretty, that's pretty good. Andrew, if they want to know more about the show, where should they go? If they want to know more about the show, they can go to OverduePodcast.com, which is where we've got our RSS and iTunes and Google Play and Stitcher links. Subscribe to the show. In fact, give give the people in your life a Christmas present. Break into their phone and add us to their podcatcher. Yeah. <laughs> and make make them listen to us. Um, if you subscribe on iTunes, leave us ratings and reviews. That really helps us out, and we like reading those a lot. That's a Christmas present you can give us. Um, we've got our, uh, we got Headgum, our podcast network, Spreaker, our podcast host. We've got a link to our Patreon project. We've got links to the books that we have read and are going to read. And as of this week, overduepodcast.com slash store, we've got the rest of our merch stuff ready finally. It's so, there. It's here for you to buy. Yeah, we've so we got two different mug designs, two different tote bag designs. We've got bookmarks, and we have got a sticker pack. Um, that stuff is all again on overduepodcast.com/store, which is also where we have details about like how long it'll be available and about how long it's going to take the ship. I think I don't think we're going to be able to get most of this stuff out to you guys by Christmas, which is too bad. It's, but um, yeah, we kind we it took like one extra week longer than we needed for that, but. You could still place the order for yourself as a Christmas present, mm-hmm. and then you'll get it in January when you're like, hey, I'm all out of Christmas presents. <laughs> I need a new one. So, yeah, thank you all for your patience on that front. Like, it's it's just been, it's been like a million little tiny things that we've had to work out individually, and like, we just did not make as much time. We We didn't anticipate how much time we would need to make for it, and then we didn't make that time in like a timely manner so we've been talking about this for like i think more than a year and yep. it's finally here um so we're gonna have everything available for at least a couple of weeks for you guys to go out and buy and um and yeah we hope you like it we've we've seen everything at this point um and it just it looks really great we're really happy with the way everything came out and um it sounds like from some of our social media posts that our shirts that were up for sale a couple weeks ago. People are starting to get those, so hope you like those too. Yeah, um, and, it, and been, if yeah, if you're looking at that stuff online, and you have any questions, uh, don't hesitate to email us, and we'll respond as soon as we can. Yeah. Okay, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Um, next week, I should be reading. 
A Tale for the Time Being by Ruth Ozeki. Um, if I can't get that read in time, that may change just because the holiday travel and stuff is going to mess up our normal recording schedule. But um, that's the plan for next week. So uh, we'll see you next Monday. Until then, everybody have a happy and safe holidays and try to be happy. A merry little Christmas Let your heart be light Next year All our troubles will be out of sight Have yourself a merry little Christmas Make the Yuletide gay Next year all Our troubles will be miles away Once again As in olden days Happy golden days of your faithful friends who are dear to us will be near to us once more. Someday soon we. That was a headgum podcast.